You're listening to a podcast by the Center for Action and Contemplation. To learn more, visit cac.org. Hi, everybody. I'm Jackie Lewis, and this is Love, Period, a podcast about how we're going to love ourselves, love our posse, and love the world fiercely on the way to making our lives and the world better. Today's guest is Ruthie Lindsay. Her huge fan base knows her story intimately because she's a very transparent soul. But whenever I speak to her, I can only imagine the miraculous being that she is to have survived so much and to be able to love the world with such joy. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I pulled a card for you right before we started. If No, do it. Can we read it to you? Yes, I do. So... This is my animal spirit guidebook. It's really, it's a beautiful deck. And I just asked what... Did you write this book? Oh, no, no, no. I wish. Okay, no, no. It's so beautiful. It's just... And I asked Source what message that you might need to hear today. And I pulled this beautiful card. It's called the Golden Egg. Oh, wow. And it says, Golden Egg, message at the center of the heart, the unstruck sound. Within the golden egg lives a precious sound. Deep within that sound resides a message. The sound cannot be heard nor the message discerned until we retreat from the noise of a modern day life. The magical essence of the golden egg needs warmth, quiet, and time to unfold. No rushing, pushing, or grasping. Find a place of deep and restful ease, perhaps through yoga, nidra, or meditation. If you do not yet have a meditation practice, take some time for introspection or contemplation. When the mind begins to settle and the breath is calm, ask the question that weighs heaviest on your heart. Stand open to any response you hear. Engaging with the energy of the golden egg is an advanced practice. It requires becoming intimate with our very essence and comfortable with vulnerability. When a feeling of tenderness or gratitude arises from deep within you, know that you are well on your way. Your chest may swell like you're seeing an old friend that's been away for a long, long time. Listen to the message they've been waiting to tell you. The golden egg and the fourth chakra. The subtle essence of the golden egg is nestled deep within the heart center at the fourth chakra. This chakra called Anahata is the home of the self or soul. By bringing the mind into this center, we discover a portal to the most intimate and luminous space. It is said our inner God sits there in deep meditation waiting for us. Anahata translates as the unstruck sound. The unstruck sound, girl. I love that. That's beautiful. You got to text me the name of the book so I can get that. That's beautiful. I will. It's one of my favorites. It's really, it's just. Say the title. Say the title so the listeners can get it. It's called The Wild Unknown Animal Spirit Guidebook. The Wild Unknown Animal Spirit Guidebook. I love that. I want it. I'm getting it. Yes. I'm getting it. Yes. Hi, Ruthie. Hi. Hi, How are you? sister. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so grateful to be with you. I've been thinking of y'all. You have been through it. How are you? Uh, you know, I will say today. at this exact second. <laughs> Like, you know, we're, we're going to be in a yes. podcast zone for folks listening, but we are looking at each other's faces and you're beautiful and you look, you look, 
you look calm. You look like love. It makes me feel calm. I'm happy. I'm happy to see you. And it has been wild. It has been wild. <laughs> it's been so wild. What a year 2020 was. Oof. And to end it with a fire, that was something. I, I will say, you know, the magic of you pulling a card for me and reading to me about a golden egg. There are these graces, Ruthie, that keep happening from some weird small town in, you know, Bendigo or Australia or somewhere. Some, some bishop will write me and say, you know, John Diet, one of our old members, said your church burned and we're praying for you right now. Or I'll make a tweet and somebody will say, I've been waiting to hear that, just that. So I do also feel that you and I know this to be true, that there is another energy at work always. You know, the, there's pain and there's heartache and there's tragedy and there's a kind of amniotic fluid is the word that came to my mind that is also holding us. Does that sound too woo-woo? <laughs> I was literally, while you were talking, picturing the nest that this egg is sitting in that is holding you and this mama bird, the universe, Jesus, God, just absolutely holding, That's supporting, right. loving, never leaving ever, 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 and over all things. And no, listen, try me with the woo-woo shit. I, I live, my work is actually to be grounded because I live in the multiverse. That is where I reside. I so I, I find that I find as life goes on, I do feel a little less, I mean, I'm Christian, you know, but I think you know that I'm Christian in a universalist way, that God speaks many languages, that God is too big and profound and fabulous and amazing and accessible and mama-like to not know that she needs to translate herself, right? So I love, I love that we start with you pulling a card for me. And I, I do think that I'm in a seeking place, just listening for all the ways spirit is trying to show me yeah. what spirit's up to. 100%. And when yeah. I, when I think of fire, I think of alchemy and transformation. Mm -hmm. yes. And when I think of you, mm -hmm. I think of all the ways that you alchemize the trauma, the pain, the loss, the all, all the isms, how mm. you speak for mm. and are always bringing it back to source to transmute and to love and to be held and to remember we're not alone. And like you do, you are like the ultimate alchemist. I think, that's, I think that's two of us, love. And I really appreciate that. I'm thinking about just the ways we bump into each other in the world, you know, the, yeah. the Together Tour and the Widen space and, and, and just watching each other in the world. It, it does feel like there is a, so let's stay with this amniotic woomy thing, that there feels like there are women, not, not just women, but I'm paying attention right now to the women that I'm noticing being doulas or midwives or birthers or, you know, alchemists to some kind of beautiful energy that is crossing race and age and religion. Are you noticing yes, that? Yes, 100%. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm, I feel like the more we step into that, we're also, you know, the magnets of drawing that in. So I feel like I've been fortunate enough 
to learn from women like you and all these women of all different races and backgrounds. And like, that's, that's who I long to surround myself with. That's who I want to learn from. That's who I want to co-create with. And I'm seeing it more and more and more. And it's so inspiring to me. And it just, it's so humbling. It feels like such a privilege to learn from. I mean, I, again, like I love learning from you. It's such a gift. Yeah. I I think I, I love learning from you. And I think about like all these women that we're bumping into, you know, from Jenna to my Amanda to, you know, to Glennon, to, to Cheryl, right. To other women in Congress to the, I mean, it's just, there is something really beautiful uh, bubbling up. This divine feminine. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Right. Absolutely. Um, On the floor of Congress. uh, Yep. Uh, out in the streets, yep. As nurses and doctors and first responders, there's a woman in my church whose name is Megan. She's beautiful, um, married to a woman, um, three little girls, uh, mm. twins, and a and an, another older daughter. And she's a she's like a neurosurgeon. Wow, well, casual black woman, just kind of casual mm. neurosurgeon. But mm. just when I think of her, you know, getting on her her uh, personal protection gear and going to work and doing mm. the thing and coming yeah. home and showering and mommying her babies. I was like, who, what, you know, what kind of fierce feminine is that? You know, uh, superhero makes me think about yes. Well, and it makes me just think that God is like that. Like, That's exactly I right. I got you, you know, I'm a superwoman. <laughs> mm. I got you, you know? So Ruthie, you are, you know, this love doula and, mm. I really see that in you, and I know you've had a journey. So tell us a little bit about the Ruthie love affair, the falling in and out of, of love with Ruthie. Tell, tell us how, that, uh, how does that manifest in your life? I love that question, and I will receive that, love doula. Oh, what a beautiful, I will receive that, because that is definitely what I want to step more and more into. But I, gosh, it's been such a journey, and you're right. I step in and out of it all the time. And you know, I grew up in the South. I grew up as a teenager getting real involved with the church. And Where in the South, Ruthie? I mean, I, I know. I grew up in South Louisiana. South Louisiana. It's called St. Francisville. It's mm-hmm. tiny. I grew up mm-hmm. on a farm in the middle of nowhere. I mean, my dad plowed our garden with a mule. Like, we were country <laughs> folk, you know? And I'm so grateful. I mean, but it was also very loaded where I grew mm-hmm. up. Um, I mean, the South, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up around a lot of plantations. I grew up, mm-hmm. our dances were segregated. Oh, wow. Hello. Uh, you're too young to be at segregated dances. What? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's a whole journey and story I could tell you about. It is craziness, obviously. So I so long to, you know it's funny i would watch the clock turn two 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 and i'd say make me be good make me love jesus make me be good make me love jesus make me be good because something in me was taught that my goodness came from outside of me and then i was a part of a church and a culture that told me i was this depraved wretched you know soul and i needed something outside of me to save me because wow. i was broken wow. i was we sang hymns about how broken and how wretched we were and we wow. needed the blood of jesus to save us because of that and and so i believe i clung to those ter- listen i believed it with every part of me wow every part of me i believed those words and my journey of 
ultimately coming home to myself came, yeah. you're absolutely right, came through fire. I mean, mm-hmm. there is, you know, I was in a horrible car accident. Mm-hmm. I, a wire from my fusion broke and pierced my brainstem. I lived in my bed for seven years. I was on every narcotic under the sun. I lost my daddy in the midst of that. I lost my first love, a marriage to a good friend, you know, so there was just a lot of trauma and a lot mm-hmm. of loss. And ultimately, all that pain, all that fire, all that trauma became the invitation because I was so desperate. I was so not okay. I've had nervous breakdowns. I mean, just name it. Mm. <laughs> I've lived that truth, you know? And ultimately, that was the thing. Those were the things that were the invitation to come back home to myself. Mm. And my healing journey, more than anything else, has just been this unlearning mm. and remembering of like, mm the divinity that's always been within oh, me, sweetie, yeah. the love that's always been, that I am worthy and good and deserving because I have freaking air in my lungs, mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. as does every human on this planet. And the mm-hmm. more I've realized that, the more I can go out and be that love doula because mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. how freaking treasured and adored and loved I am. And mm-hmm. I forget so quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forget so quick. That's why the, my work is like constantly coming back home, constantly right. coming, reconnecting with source, going meditation. There's so many practices I do to remember, mm-hmm. to remind myself, to speak the love that I've been looking for outside of me for so yes. long, thinking that something outside of me would make me quote unquote good, deserving, worthy. You know, like when I would walk in the front door, I'd hear, what did they say about you today? Did they say how pretty you were? Did they say, what did they say about your outfit? Oh. And so I thought all of my everything was because of what other people said about me. And my unlearning is it's none of my effing business what anyone else says about me. Right. <laughs> Ruthie, what do you say about you today? Yes. What does source say, say about, about you. you today? And I think I was taught in that culture too that self-love practice and all that is selfish and right. you know and narcissistic. Narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to speak true love all over your to bathe yourself in that kind of love is it's really like simple almost. Mm-hmm. And so Again, the unlearning, the remembering, the speak truth over those limiting stories that like are so ingrained in my cells because it's what I've been, what we've been breathing yes. in from yeah. church culture, not yeah. all churches, of course, because right. thank God that's your church. But, you know, I want to really tell you, I was in it when I first met y'all, like in it, I had walked away. I mean, I was, you know, I love how Father Roar talks about order, disorder, reorder. I was... Yeah. Parked in disorder. I was, <laughs> oh, sister, parked, parked. I was like, let, like, run from what I had been taught. I was like, get me the F out of here. I don't want anything. To, if that's how Jesus is, I don't want anything. I mean, I was a part of a denomination where women couldn't teach, being gay was sinful, you know, all the things. We all know the things, this story. All it's, the things. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, Peace. I'm gonna moonwalk the f out of here. I don't want anything moonwalk to do out. with that. <laughs> and so herein, I mean, herein, y'all. I remember, and it shook me to my core. I will never forget it. And I know where I was sitting. I can smell the room when I yeah. heard you. Now I don't remember Bible verses. That was too long ago. But you spoke about Jesus, and you talked about a verse where Jesus made a mistake. Oh yeah, where he where he calls the woman a dog, basically. That's it. And I remember <sighs> I had full. I just got him again. Full body chills. <laughs> full body makes me want to cry because I was like, 
okay, I can get behind this. And it was like this, it was my first tiptoe back in Mm. of being like, there is something so much bigger and greater. And this Jesus that came in human form, I did, I just didn't want anything to do. Cause what I, the white Jesus I was taught about, I'm like, no, no, nobody wants him. (laughs) No. At least, well, we don't want him. I don't want want him. him. I don't want him. And it was all through the lens of the patriarchal, you know, so I wasn't learning about the true, but like hearing that something shook loose and, and I, it like that trip, it was so huge. It was my first little tiptoe back in. And I was like, okay, it was my tiptoe back in into reorder. And I am so, so grateful. Like hearing about the universal Christ. I'm like, it was like my soul was going, yeah. Oh, I oh remember. yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank yes. you. Because You're we speaking. knew this. We know this. We know this. And I we think know. people call that natural theology. Like we, we are born knowing that we're loved. We're born knowing that we're part of God. And it feels like, like pretty soon the world wants to teach us that we are not okay. We are not amazing. And you need the outside affirmation for you to be okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad for your tiptoe. And I'm also glad that you know that the power in knowing that we are loved it helps us love ourselves. I mean, that, that period, period, love period. And it helps us. And the more I believe that, the more I trust that, the more I lean into that, the more I bathe myself in that remembering that knowing that truth, the more I'm able to walk out that front door and be a mirror of the love that's everyone's. The more I go inside and remember that I am connected to all things, that patriarchy is the one that taught me that there is an other and I'm not connected to all things and to all animals and all plants and all humans. The more I go in and remember that, the more I'm able to actually be that mirror of love because I remember that it's everyone's. It's the most loving thing that we can do on the planet is to remember our divine inheritance of pure, pure love that never leaves, that never can change. That never lets us go. Never Ever lets, lets us, us go. freaking go. go. We live in that amniotic fluid of just pure love. Ruthie, that is just so well said. And I'm working on this book called Fierce Love. Coming out. Yes, you are. In November. I will be your biggest cheerleader. You let me know, sister. I will be singing it. You need, you name it. You need me to be naked in Nashville, Uh, just waving that book. Here it is. Sign me up. I'm so excited about the the opportunity to think, right, and reflect. And of course, obviously, this idea of love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself shows up in every major religion, every religion in some form, positively, negatively. Don't do what you don't want done to you or do what you want done to you in some form. And stuff I can't pronounce is, a, is like a ubiquitous teaching, which makes me think about how true it is that it predates religion in a way. The, the kind of ethic, philosophy, worldview. I'm walking, out of the, I'm walking out of the ocean and getting in the cave and I'm understanding the way I'm going to survive is I'm going to be connected to my neighbor and take care of my neighbor and love my neighbor as I love myself. So, so the world is crazy town, crazy town. And there's so much enmity. And I feel like what you just said, Ruthie, about the more I remember that I am in an amniotic fluid of love, the more I can love my folks, the folks. So what can you, like, when you think about the, the people around you, both, say, the people who 
hurt you as a young person of faith, and also the people who are like your best friend now, how do you how do you do love of your posse? How do you how do you keep it flowing? What kind of practices do you do to keep that flowing? Oh gosh, you know I love a practice. I have a lot, a lot, a lot of practices, and in a lot of ways, I'm also for the first part like the people that hurt you. You know, we all all have these core wounds, and I think there's both ends to all of it. Like I can love people from afar and not be in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I think boundaries are the most loving, boundaries. <laughs> beautiful thing. I think. <laughs> Truly, it's like I I can love, I, and I, even the people that taught me growing up things that were very much not true and very damaging. I can love them and know they were doing the best that that's all they knew. Mm-hmm. And even like I think as I've stepped into a bit more of the reorder, I can love that church. Like those people in those churches, those white men, mm-hmm. they thought they were keeping me safe. Mm. Hmm. I hear you. They yes. thought they, they were thought, keeping me hmm. safe. Does that dismiss? Do I need to mourn? Do I need to like release? Do I want to go to those churches? No, no. <laughs> not my journey anymore. Thank God. But I can like give them back to source. I can be love. I think hmm. the more hmm. I learn about non-dualistic thinking and it's yes. not, I was taught very much everything, you know, do this, don't do this. Good, bad, black, white, all these very, you know, one or the other and trying to live in that gray area is, it's really, it's like my practice. Cause it is not, <laughs> I mean, I think it's my natural, like if I came here and didn't have the earthly wounds, <laughs> right. it's my natural thing, but like out of my wound itself, it's really hard for me. And I'm luckily, I think this, none of this is by chance. I also, again, growing up in the deep South family members, all, you know, there's people in my family that I love and it's who I march against. Yes, right. And I'm their worst effing nightmare as a liberal <laughs> womanist. Yeah. Like I am right. literally, they're like, we're praying for her. She's lost her <laughs> mind. You know what I mean? Like I was, I'm now that person that I was taught, like, we need to pray for that, that girl. Yeah. She's, she's lost. She's lost. Yeah. And I'm like, I have never felt so found. I have never felt so true yeah. <laughs> in this body yet before now, you know? And so I think there's that in terms of my community, I I really do believe this. I think my truest spiritual gift on planet Earth is just collecting beautiful souls. Mm. I struggle mm. with a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot, a lot, got lots of shadow, all the things. And I have been so blessed with the most beautiful humans in my life that teach me, that expand me. I have women's circles that I am like a part of. I mean, I have women in my life that I didn't even know this was a thing that literally I'm like, I'm really struggling. And they'll be like, do you want me to come just hold you? Oh, wow. Can I come hold you? And I'm like, I am so physical. Like I love touch. I am not in a partnership. Unfortunately, Jedediah Jenkins is not my boyfriend. (laughs) He's my gay husband. That is her friend, everyone. He is my best friend and soulmate. My girlfriend, Audrey, will literally have been quarantined with, and she'll just come over and vice versa. Mm -hmm. She's like, I am shaking. I'm in so much pain. I'm like, let me come mama you. Mm. Let me come hold you. Let me come mama you. Oh, Oh, that's great. What an honor. What an honor. And we all play those roles. Like Sometimes I'm the mama. Sometimes I am the wounded little girl Mm -hmm. that is just in pain, that has aborted my woman body and is Mm -hmm. in my wound. Mm -hmm. And- 
I can speak my insecurities. I mean, we do shadow work. And that's Mm. when I'm like, that's when our relationships have gone to a deeper, like my girlfriend, Mari Andrews, who, by the way, do you know Mari Andrews? I don't think I do. I need to connect y'all. She was posting all about you, dear, when the fire happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. She's doing something with some friends right now. They're doing, yes, yes, I know she is. Can we make, can you, can you make us connect? Yes, I will connect you. She is a soul sister. We meet once a week and we do deep shadow work. I mean, meet on Zoom. She lives in New York. And like, I will say, I'm so sorry. Like, I felt really jealous of this thing when you told me this. And she'll look at me and she'll say, I love your jealousy. Thank you for sharing that with me. And she'll share wounds of hers with me and with other people. And like, we, we go there and it's a practice. I did not just jump into that, but I remember learning, listen, I have, I've been, again, been to treatment, all the things I've had nervous breakdowns. And I remember learning how to have these circles and what it means to actually be vulnerable. And one of the things they talk about um, at this place is the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm, That's really beautiful. We cannot do this alone. No, we can't. My friends, and I think, you know, at first I was like looking to everyone outside of me, fix me, make me better, fix me, make me better, make me okay. Doctors, husband, daddy, help me. I'm not okay. And I couldn't sit with myself. And then I was like, wait, it's your journey. You have Mm -hmm. to go in and do this work. It's no one else's job. So then I isolated and went the other way. And I was like, okay, I have to do all this and white knuckle it. And learning, again, it's that black and white dualistic thing. Like really learning the both and, right? Yeah. The both and. Yes. It's ultimately my work to go in and do this. And and you don't have to do it. And I don't have to do it alone. That's beautiful. I could be held by a group of women and surrounded by them. I have the most beautiful soul brothers in my life that like love me with the purest love that is just I can't believe it's real. And it's we all practice. We have hard that listen, it's not it's messy. We're humans. Like we hurt each other. And that's where like, and sometimes people don't stay and it's all of it. It's all of it. But my friends, I think the more I've really come home to myself and Mm -hmm. begun doing this self love, the more I've also drawn in and attract. I mean, it's, I feel so honored that I get to have women like you, like who do I even think I am? A child of God. You know, because like the more we do this work, the more we draw in that. And I've really been so blessed to, to live that. Love period will continue in a moment. Is there life after doom? Explore the complexity of hope and grief at our upcoming event, Courage and Resilience, an online gathering with Brian McLaren. Unpack themes from Brian McLaren's new book, Life After Doom. Discover how to find courage, even when everything may feel hopeless. Join us live on May 17th at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. All those who register will have access to the recorded replay for one year. Register at cac.org courage. Ruthie, there's a way in which what you're saying is so obvious and so we just don't really get it, that we are who we are in relationship to other people, actually, right? We we are this idea of Ubuntu, you know, you complete me. I am who I am because you are who you are. And that the idea of having a, 
a posse or circles that can hold us accountable and help us mourn, help us laugh, help us yeah. give birth to our best self. We can stay with yes. that amniotic fluid thing. Like you got yes. midwives, you got yes, yeah, yes, and just to be mirrors of like divine's love. Like I'll have moments. I do tea ceremonies most mornings as a part of my meditation practice, and I'll have moments where like, you know, we all go through. Like winter is notoriously real. I'm a vata. Mm. I struggle in winter. Like yeah. I get heavy sad. I thrive in the sun. I thrive mm. in heat. I'm mm. like. Ah. <laughs> In wintertime, I'm like, should I just dive in that bed and sleep and hibernate until next year? Because Lord help me. And, you know, I'll have moments and I'll feel really alone. And like, I live alone and I'm we're in the midst of a pandemic and, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. And I will do these tea ceremonies and I will literally see these faces, these women and these men that just love me. And I'm like, when I question that there is eternal light and love surrounding me, loving me, holding me. I'll see these faces mm-hmm. and I'm like, they are these pictures of the divines. I literally will look at my friends. I'm like, you're a reminder to me that the universe is so obsessed with me because the fact that I get to be looked and seen and known and loved by you mm. and vice versa. And I get to do that. I get to be that mirror. I get to look at someone and see their shadows and see their light and be like, oh, I'm so in love with you. There's I love all of you. Like the beauty in the whole thing is in what you're all saying. Of it. Like not the shiny part of you, but the beauty of knowing the the shadow and the yes. shiny and loving it all is like really beauty. It is so yummy and messy and beautiful and just gritty. And to have <laughs> one, someone look at you when you like feel so vulnerable and you're confessing almost like, I struggle with this. Like this, this thing really hurt me. Or here is how I've been actually thinking about you and it's my stuff. And to have someone be like, I love that part of you because I love all of you. Come on. Come on. To be that for someone and to mm-hmm. receive that for someone, that is divine. That is divine. Love. That's right. I think that's so beautiful. Oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. So what would happen if what you just described could be translated into, you know, politics, Ugh. national stage, world work, you know, beyond our intimate circles? What what would yeah. it look like if we could learn yeah to hold the both hand yeah for that person over there in the world yeah and to not other them everything would change i mean i the work that i feel like part of the work that i feel like i'm on this planet to do is to be mirrors of that love for people to come home to themselves. Like, you know, in this, on this plane, in this life, this body is the only home we'll ever know. Right. Like it's the only thing I'll ever own, right. right? It's the only thing I have from the beginning to the end. And we leave and we disassociate and we are taught, you know, abort, abort. It's not safe in there. The flesh is sinful. You know, Ooh. the heart is deceitful. Mm-hmm. Like patriarchy has taught us it's a part of this huge system has taught us to leave ourselves. Because if we hadn't left ourselves, we would never believe that there was an other. There would not be oh. any other isms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be possible because we mm-hmm. remember that everyone is connected. Oh. And so yeah. if 
people are willing to do the work of coming home to themselves. Mm -hmm. If we were able to be mirrors of love and reminding people that coming home to yourself is the most loving, the most radical form of resistance anyone could ever do is come home to themselves and to go inside and remember how loved they are. Because if you did, you would not be able to believe there was an other. You can't. It's not possible. And so I think that's our work. If I am able to look at someone when they have just been horrible and remember, I'm still connected to you. No matter what. No matter what. And when you're acting like this, what I perceive as a monster, Mm -hmm. you are a wounded human that is your torturing yourself too. Mm -hmm. Like you are traumatized Mm -hmm. and that does not dismiss. Like I want to punt you to the effing moon. I'm so angry and I have righteous anger and, and and, also, and also, and also you are a child of the divine and you are so lost. And if someone can mirror to you that you are held and hold that wounded part of you, that core wound, like these People that have just done what happened last week and marched, like those humans are, they are so lost. They have left themselves. Yeah. You, they have left, they have aborted themselves to want to uphold this patriarchal system. Like it's feeding that just leave, leave yourself because, you know, like there's, that's the only way that they can believe that all these others, it, it's, it's literally threatening this thing that they were taught, (laughs) right? To uphold that power system. And they're they're gone from themselves. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's interesting to, I mean, I just want to say that back to you because I think that is so absolutely right. I'm working on a sermon right now. This is what I'm trying to write. Disagreements are going to happen. Yes. We have worldview conflict. This is what I think is good and this way I think is, is good. But that place where we are violent toward each other feels to me that it comes from the woundedness yes. of being homeless, is what yes. you're saying. I am not at home. I am not at home in me. I am not at home in me. I am dissociated from my best self. I am not comfortable. I don't love me enough to feel like you and I can disagree and it doesn't mean I have to annihilate you. This is this is my working hypothesis. Yeah, that is that's right, right? that's it. Like, that's a, it. A homelessness. A home. That is the perfect. It is absolutely it. Yep, it's a homelessness. That's exactly it. It's a self abandonment. It is not knowing. <laughs> They're not believing and trusting in that divine amniotic fluid that they are held in, they are loved in. It is traumatized, yeah. traumatized, homeless beings. Out of, uh, yeah, that's, I think, and so if there was a way that we could make teaching our little people, our young people, mm. our children, the importance of loving their, their souls, their bodies, their selves, if we could not traumatize this generation coming behind us, when yes. you're not, you're funky, you're not lovable, how you are, God doesn't love, everything you and I have described about what happened in our own religious upbringing. Yeah. 
what would happen if we had a world where we didn't do that? It would just, I mean, I don't think we'd have to ever come back here again. Like everything would just, like, it would just get literally, better. we'd just like, it would be the ultimate, uh, there would be no division. There'd be no separation. There would be no quote unquote other, which there isn't already. But that, right. that, that illusion would be, we would stop living in the illusion. We're walking in around right now yeah. in an illusion. And, you know, I love what you just said. I think so often, I think we're like, we just need to be light. We just need to be light workers, which I believe that. But also to live in this non-dualistic reality, we need to also be shadow workers. Yes. We have to go in. We are taught to abort and to abandon and to push down because we're taught what's bad. Like, don't feel envy. Don't feel jealousy. Don't feel sexuality, women. Don't yeah. feel sensuality, women. These things are bad. You know, put that down, put that away. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh, we are taught to abort ourselves over and over and to yep. push away our wholeness. Yep. And, we, and literally we split, literally we split. We're not whole then. We, we split, split off. Right? We split we, off these We things. push it into the basement. And then of course it comes out sideways. One of the things I learned in treatment that was so profound to me, they say, when our responses to things are hysterical, hmm. they're always historical. Ooh. It is that core wound pain that was never dealt with, that was pushed down, that was taught mm -hmm. you are bad and we have left ourselves. When things are hysterical, like last week, those hysterical things, I mean, even, you know, the Black Lives Movement, Black Lives, Lives Matter movement, it makes so much sense that there was a lot of hysteria. That wound is 400 years old. That right. is historical. Of course, of course, that was justified. What last weekend? Listen, we're not going to justify any of that shit. But and, also, and, it's historical pain. Well, I think it is too. No. Caveat everyone, we don't think anyone should be violent. That's not what we're saying. Absolutely. But, 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 but what you say about the hysterical is historical. It is, it is historical that our nation has been violent around race and difference and gender. And I mean, it's, it, we've got to be who we are around this. It, it is a, an archetypal memory that the way you win is you kill. You the way you win is you beat down. That's what you yep. do. Yeah. So war, gonna, all, yeah, these war things. all the time. Yeah. And I think, you know, unless we go back in and address and hold and love and honor that core wound and mm -hmm. like see it for what it is. You can't yeah. heal something you don't allow yourself to feel. We know this. That's right. And we also still avoid it at all costs. And we resist yeah. it at all costs. <laughs> right. And we pretend like it's not a thing, right? right? And so like we have to go back to that core wound. Yes. We're not going to ever have, you know, the division's always going to be there if we don't go back and address that core wound and don't acknowledge and go in and do that healing work. It, it, it can't heal unless you go back in. And so... I think the shadow work is acknowledging the trauma and acknowledging the pain, acknowledging like I, again, part of my work in shadow and winter is such a beautiful time to do shadow work. It's like, I will literally in my tea ceremonies, I will sit with my shadow parts. I will sit with my jealousy and I'll say, Oh, hi sister. Oh, I know you feel like there's not enough for you. I know you believe that story, but here I am as love and I'm come sit with me, come sit in my lap and let me hold you. Let me love on you. Let me sit with you. I'm not going to shame you. You can sit here now, love. I'm going to be the head of this table. 
but you, you, you belong here. And I see, I see your stories. I see where that wound came from. But let me just remind you, you sweet, sweet little girl, there's so much space for you. You are so loved. There's always more. This is, this love is for you too. And I get to, it's almost like this dance instead of being like, oh, Ruthie, that's so gross. How could you feel that again? You've done all this work. That's so disgusting. How could you be jealous of that? You know, and that shame, do you think that helps that jealousy freaking go away? Nope, nope, nope. (laughs) Underground, but not away. Then it comes out sideways, hysterically, you know? (laughs) But when you do that, it alchemizes it. Yeah. And when you remind yourself, you, you, there's tender with that part of you. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's I love beautiful. that. That's beautiful. My therapist likes to talk about my my little Jackies, and we, we, we there's more than one. No friends. I do not have multiple personality disorder, but <laughs> but you know, there's more than one way that the little one, she says, you know, shows up. Sometimes she's fierce, and sometimes she's vulnerable and and timid, and sometimes she's like, see me, you know. I think by the way you said it, alchemizes to acknowledge it, to see it. It's James Baldwin. Anything we face can be changed. Exactly. Yep. Period. Period. I mean, that's just period truth. In a nutshell. Yep. Yep. And uh, I think, is it Alice Walker or, yeah, anything we love can be saved. I love Mm. that. Anything we face can be changed. Those are perfect together. I know. Let's say it again. Anything we face can be changed changed. and anything we love can be saved. (sighs) Goodness. And transformed and yeah. alchemized. I mean, that is alchemy. It is. That is alchemy. You just watch it like, you know, and I think about the gritty shadow stuff. I think about, it's like, you almost like want to see, I was about to say, I love the shit word, but poop. You know, it's like the earth is the ultimate alchemist. And it's like, we give it back. It's just, it's this constant cycle. And it can be like fertilizer. Yeah. <laughs> like think about That's fertilizer. That's really good. Right? That's really good. Come on. It's beautiful. <laughs> the earth has, Mother Earth is just, she's medicine. She is our ultimate teacher of all she things. Is. Have you ever been to Lancaster, Pennsylvania? Do you ever give, so you literally, I used to be a sales rep for Kodak and driving, just driving west out of Philadelphia. You drive west and then suddenly you can smell all the fertilizer, all, the lush <laughs> green, you know, all of the, the lush green, everything. I'm like, yes, I've entered into beauty because here is the smell of all the horse poo. Oh, <laughs> that makes my like nose hairs burn just thinking about it. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. But at the same time, right? The, the right. tallest corn stalks and those green yep. bean poles and just everything. Oh. Yeah. Ruthie, yes. let me ask you, let me just ask you a final question, honey. This, yes. this is such a great conversation. What mm. what do you know for sure about love? Mm. Oh. Eternal. Mm-hmm. It was their beginning, middle, and end. I can never separate myself from it. Mm-hmm. I can never separate myself from it. Mm-hmm. In those moments when I was having nervous breakdowns and in that bed for seven years, I felt so abandoned. That story told me I was alone. And I believed that story. And now I can look back at that girl and I'll have visions of myself back in that bed and I'll see these just angels and light workers and just love holding me, 
surrounding me, like never leaving me. That love was with me in that wreck. That love was with me in treatment. Like even if we can't feel it, mm-hmm. yeah, doesn't mean it's not there. Doesn't mean it's not there. It is. It you. I can't run away from it. Yeah, we can't because it it just is. Mm. It's. I love Ram Das, and he talks about I am loving awareness, and like, it's just, it just is. <laughs> I and that's what's so beautiful is we are that love. Yeah. Yes. We are. Love. I am that love. I used to only say I am loved, and then I remind him like I remember a counselor saying, "What if you change that to I am love? I am love. Mm. Yes, I'm also very loved. Yes." I am love. I am love. And I I can't separate myself from it. And when I forget, I can look at you and be like, oh my God, if Jackie sees me, if Jackie sees me, the universe has to be obsessed with me. There has to be just this ultimate love because it's just it's just true. And my my hope, my my deepest prayer for every voice, every human every soul that is here in this right now is that you remember that you are love. You are that love. You are worthy because you are breathing. You are deserving because you are on this planet. You don't have to do anything. You are love and you are so held and you belong. You belong. Oh, I belong. We belong. We belong belong to each other. Ruthie, that is the most important word. Mm. These young people are saying, young black people are like, that's an entire word. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what that means. <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> but I like it. Like, no, there might be, Jackie, that was an entire word. Okay. <laughs> <I'm glad. laughs> yes! I'm stop that. Because Ruthie, I am love. That is an entire word. Yeah. You are love, friends. Yes. Oh, sister, thank you so much. I am so, so deeply touched by you and your voice in this world is so, you are a deep exhale. You just speak truth, you speak love, and you mirror to us all that we're speaking of today. And it is just a privilege to know you, to witness you, to experience you. And I'm so deeply grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you, my love. Thank you so much for your beautiful love doula self. <laughs> Sometimes I think when I think about your story in the bed, I think like it took seven years to incubate you. Oh, that was oh, this so, that little egg in her nest. I know. I'm so glad you. I'm so glad you came out. Of thank that. you. Yeah. Thank oh, you, sweetheart. Thank you, thank baby you, sister. Love period is Corey Big, Paul Swanson, Izzy Spitz, Sarah Janzak. Jenna Kuiper, Sarah Palmer, Nicholas Kramer, and I'm Calissa Brewster. This podcast is produced by the Center for Action and Contemplation, which is located in the heart of New Mexico, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. We also have other podcasts you might like. You can find those wherever you like to listen by searching for Center for Action and Contemplation or visit us at cac.org to find out more about our other programs. From the high desert of New Mexico, we wish you peace and every good.